Since the COVID-19 pandemic upended how and where patients could receive care, there has been a growing interest in the hospital-at-home care model. Though the model has been around for decades, the pandemic spurred its broader adoption, largely due to CMS waivers during the public health emergency. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, September 11th. Thanks for joining us. Hospital at Home is expected to expand rapidly in the coming years. According to a report from healthcare research firm Chillmark in late May, the market is expected to grow from roughly $200 billion this year to $300 billion in less than five years. As of the end of August, there were 296 hospitals and 125 systems across 37 states that had received an acute hospital care at home waiver, according to CMS. On today's episode, we listen to my conversation with Dr. Rob Moskowitz, Chief Medical Officer for Contessa Health. He joined me to talk more about the growth of the model and what needs to be in place to ensure its success. Here's our conversation. The COVID-19 pandemic really accelerated the adoption of hospital at home, but it's definitely not at scale yet, you know, either nationwide or even for organizations that have really been investing in this care model. What do you think it will take for us to really see the hospital at home care model at scale? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think the first thing uh, to recognize about that is that healthcare systems as a whole needed to see certain proof points come to fruition before I think they were ready to commit to this vision, either from a payer perspective or a healthcare system perspective. Uh, There was just certain things they needed to see. And that sort of has come full circle. So from that end, what we are seeing and what have been proof points Ultimately, we know that the patient as the consumer wants to be at home with family and friends. That's been sort of a given from uh, from the get-go. From a physician standpoint and a healthcare system standpoint, they wanted to see quality outcomes. And now our studies have shown that quality outcomes are uh, equivocal, if not superior, for hospital home patients against their cohorts. And then I think the third thing is the the industry wanted to see payers, um, from their perspective, they wanted an appropriate utilization of resources. So they wanted to see that there was a decrease in resources and a manageable cost structure to this. And now that we've seen that, uh, to your point, I don't think we're in a world where this is, should hospital at home exist as much as it's here to stay. So how does it grow and how does it mature? And I think, you know, that's a long-winded way of saying what's going to take us to get us to scale is for some final clarifications, I think from both payers and then even CMS about what they feel like this should look like in a mature state. And as those guardrails are being put around it, so to speak, it will help systems to adapt faster. Can you dive a little deeper into the kinds of clarifications uh, from payers or CMS that Contessa and maybe other hospital at home groups need moving forward? Yeah, I mean, from a Contessa standpoint, it's not holding us back from being a trailblazer or uh, an innovator in this space. I think there's an acceptance on our part that you don't want to sit back and wait for it to be defined for you. You know, I think the opportunity is there for people to continue to push the envelope and test what is right and what fits without compromising quality or safety. 
So from our standpoint, you know, one of the things that we look at from Contessa is just understanding that while we want to grow hospital at home programs, we also want to have an initiative to figure out how to interweave these uh, hospital home programs with other patient initiatives, meaning there are other outpatient um, models that currently exist. I mean, we have palliative, we have SNF, we have hospice, we have oncology. There's urgent care, specialty clinics, and PCP groups. And forever and a day, all of these um, clinical components and these touch points have historically sent patients to the ED and the hospital. And they did that under the guise that it was the only release valve for them when a patient needed more than what they could handle. And so to that extent, hospital home, the way Contessa looks at it is it's a new opportunity and it changes that landscape. So it's not only figuring out for us how hospital home should look in its own microcosm, but how it's going to interweave with uh, and intersect with all these other clinical delivery models. As you just mentioned, hospital at home is just one care model that can be delivered at home, uh, but there's also palliative care and hospice. However, that care may be for a patient who's either really sick or a patient who's at the end of their life. As we've seen a growing interest in hospital at home, though as we've discussed, it's not at scale yet, uh, but as we've also seen a pretty significant growth in the use of telehealth over the last few years, how is Contessa uh, maybe looking to bring more care models at home, you know, from cradle to the end of life? That's the exact perspective that we look at this from, from a Contessa standpoint, is, you know, patients have a longitudinal journey. There's no doubt about it. And from a patient's perspective, they look at their lifespan and their medical needs as seamless. And it's the healthcare industry that creates a fragmented approach. Hey, we're going to specialize over here. Here, we're going to specialize over here. We're going to specialize over here. And there's no doubt that the patient ends up feeling like they're receiving fragmented care and they're, you know, they have one component figured out and then the next one becomes very confusing for them. And what the patient is looking for is having a seamless transition of care, depending upon what fork in the road arises. So while there's an understanding and an expectation that we would like to right size from a patient's perspective that like, oh, when I need this, I go there. When I need this, I have to go here. Four phone calls, five different physicians. And I think the way you go about it is saying, okay, from a hospital at home perspective, we know a patient's quote unquote hospitalization is only a small part of their narrative. So looking to create relationships and scale is really dependent upon taking these independent models and interweaving them. And in doing that, it's an ask of both the payer. It's an ask of the vendor. It's an ask of everybody involved to say, listen, how are we going to create a seamless position for the patient? And I think a successful way of doing that is by bringing all, all or as many of those pieces under the same umbrella, so to speak. So I think we're, you know, from a Contessa perspective, you know, there's things that we don't necessarily have to, for lack of a better phrase, outsource. I mean, under our, our relationship with the Metasys, you know, we have home health, we have hospice, we have palliative. And now from a Contessa standpoint, we have palliative, we have hospital home, we have SNF at home. So to sort of bring that under the same strategy component 
it limits our need to continue to look at this from a fragmented perspective. And as we get better at it, we can then create a better longitudinal care model for the patient itself and not just be stuck, like you said, it's like, okay, well, we solved hospital at home. Because to your point, we haven't solved hospital at home. It's a growing model. But if you're trying to grow that model in a silo, you'll have much harder problems downstream of how it intersects with everything else. There are a lot of stakeholders that comprise healthcare, and as you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation, hospitals and physicians needed to see these proof points to really get on board. Uh, how do you continue to get more buy-in from hospitals and health systems? So, from a from a hospital and health system, for them it becomes a pain point on resources. I think everything a healthcare system and hospitals are doing right now, they have to look at both their strategic vision of how they look at their own organization, as well as what the resources are that they have at hand. And transparently, you know, the elephant in the room always is nursing. You can have a hospital, you can have an industry. If you don't have nurses to care for patients, then you don't have the opportunity to care for patients because they're the magic that makes it happen. So yes, there's other resources that go to this in terms of physician, physician burnout, physician turnover within a healthcare system, all of that. But I think the biggest barrier for healthcare systems is looking at their own internal resources and strategies and saying, okay, how do I make this fit in? And I think a lot of them are making a part of their strategic vision and trying to figure out on their own. And then other healthcare systems are saying, hey, we keep looking at this and either we're not giving it the right amount of attention or it's too complicated. And then they'll look to a third party component to say, help us out with this. We've gotten this far. And I think that's where we find our, our conversations with healthcare systems. And that narrative will just get sort of prodded further and further as they realize that this is an opportunity uh, and an option for the patients that's here to stay. So to your point, you know, once it's concrete for them, then it's a matter of figuring out how their strategy aligns with that. In that vein, then, hospital executives or people on the administrative side might get really excited about a service like hospital at home, you know, being an option for patients and may say, hey, we want to get started on this now. Do you think that the enthusiasm doesn't always match the intentionality needed to make sure a program like Hospital at Home is a success. To what you're referring to there, the proverbial crosswalk of intention and need um, is a delicate one. And I can empathize with that because, you know, for the longest time, a healthcare system's approach to caring for patients was the patient comes here. Okay, I need to have a space to care for the patient. Okay, I need to build more rooms. And there's capital cost that goes with that. And transparently, like once you've built it, it's hard to sort of pull yourself away from a narrative. No different than a restaurant that's opened up and has chairs. It's like, wait a second, I built this space, but nobody's coming. So I think what healthcare systems, to your point, the problems that they're trying to solve for is the majority of healthcare systems are at capacity. It's not like the brick and mortar facilities are struggling per se to fill their beds. They're all at capacity. And the question they're asking themselves is, do I build more? And if I'm going to build more, what goes into that? Because once I've decided to build, I've locked myself into that narrative for quite some time because I've, I have those costs associated with it. So I think the strategic alignment that vision is if there's a self-awareness that hospital at home is an industry option that is there to stay and it's a patient option that's going to be supported by payers if it's here to stay and if it's going to be supported then it's now a tangible part of their strategy to say do i build 
or am I done building beds and now I need to figure out how to care for my patients in a home setting and keep my higher acuity patients that do need a brick and mortar to be in my brick and mortar. That was Dr. Rob Moskowitz, Chief Medical Officer for Contessa Health. He joined me to talk more about the future of hospital at home. Coming up next Monday, we'll hear the second part of our conversation where we discuss paying for hospital at home, as well as Optum's proposed acquisition of Contessa parent company, Amedesis. That's coming up next Monday. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. We'll be back with healthcare business and policy news updates tomorrow, as always, in 10 minutes or less. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at gisthealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare Daily Podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.